0: Welcome to What's Left, the weekly political discussion challenge in the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barca, co teacher and socialist Andy and teacher and writer Jessica. We are online at what's You can find our personal social media handles as at Non Eduardo and at Zap on Instagram, and Jessica's Twitter handle as at J 89 Uh you can, we ask if you please subscribe, rate, review, turn, in, turn on your notifications to any of our platforms on, in the episode notes. You can always uh, write to us if you need to, and Andy will check out the smart blog So Andy, we were going to have someone come on today, but for this episode, for our listeners and viewers, I'd like to say from on the onset, this episode slash uh, podcast is going to be a personal one, but I also think it's important because of the angle that we're going to share from, since we've always discussed uh, being in person and also you know, stepping outside and, and and moving away from just the virtual world. So there'll be a lot to discuss. Mostly I hope that we hear from Jessica since uh, exciting news was, or exciting, uh, exciting, uh, exciting, uh, uh, an exciting visit was ha-
1: happened over the weekend. So, uh, yeah. Andy, do you want to add anything? Well, first, I do want to wish our best wishes to our the guests we were going to have today, um, JD and Jay who, from North Carolina, who have are running their own school. We gave an interview of them, and we're very excited about the pop prospects of, of talking with them about JD's um, experiences and thoughts around mid, I don't know, is it midwifery? Is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so best wishes to them as they recover from just some family illnesses and or illnesses and things like that. So uh, we know that they're going to be coming back to do this interview. So I wish them well. Um, so I, Eduardo's right. I what well, we want. I think we want to just do a selfish episode that'll be fun. That's really about Jessica visiting. Um, people might have heard about it because I kept it in the edit. Um, oh, that edit. <laughs> that stupid edit. <laughs> you might have heard last episode that Jessica was going to – no, two episodes ago when Kenny um, and Crystal were talking about their new life, you know, in the, and Crystal is pregnant, and um, they have a whole new life in the Central Valley, and Jessica – was visiting and we were talking about, okay, going to Central Valley and visiting all together. So um, it was just great, Jessica, to see you. I mean, I'll just, I mean, the simplest way to put it is two things. Number one is I liked you before, but now I love you. Um, and now I just feel like, you know, uh, like it, I when you wrote at the end when you had gone to back home, you said you missed us already. And I felt the same way. Like, I was like, oh, because you really just seem to fit into our lives here, <laughs> you know, in terms, in terms of your personality and things like that. And the other thing you said just as we were recording, as we all recognized we were back in our boxes, is you were like, this blows. <laughs> and I just think that says it all, um, which is, I love the fact that we're doing what's left together. And I'm so glad, Jessica, you, you joined us. But it's just a reminder that nothing, beats real life um and 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 I felt this way with Jake when I met him uh but it was nice to just confirm our friendship here uh just it's almost like what is that when you take a champagne bottle christen it you know christen our relationship um and um that was really nice so I'm I just want to talk about it and talk about the trip mm-hmm. just because I think it'll be fun
2: yeah I think I'm trying to think if I've ever had an experience before where i knew somebody online like fairly well and then met them in person because obviously usually it's the reverse like you cultivate a friendship and then maybe you move away or your friend moves away or you go off somewhere and you try to keep that like long distance remote relationship um but it's yeah the reverse is much stranger that said it didn't really feel strange For me anyway, I don't know. You guys tell me if you feel differently, but I feel like I got there and it was pretty natural. Like, I feel like it just.
1: I I think the thing I remember was you had said maybe when we picked you up at the airport, because me and Eduardo got together and, you know, we were a little late, but uh, I wanted to, I wanted Eduardo Eduardo and I to meet you there. Um, You had said maybe you were, as you were waiting, maybe a little nervous, but I wasn't Honestly, I wasn't nervous at all. Like the only thing was, was like it's not. It's a little unusual to kind of almost pick somebody up, and I knew what you looked like, but also not really knowing what you looked like. It was a strange experience.
2: He's from <laughs>
1: right? Um, and for me, well, the biggest thing, I know, I I kind of put my hand on your head, is like you're exactly the height that you should be. At. You know, I mean, literally <laughs> the height that I.
2: Expected. Brandy said I was an inch shorter but <laughs> your <Yeah. her> vision <laughs> so that's so pretty for some weird.
1: reason it was just like your your height was and the when and we don't have this picture unfortunately because i just remember i still remember when when you met brandy the next day um and you two were standing next to each other at the top of our stairs just you guys look perfect together um and i wish we had a photo of that i'll just <laughs> keep it in my
2: memory yeah yeah
1: i i um
0: I was thinking, you know, I don't know how many viewers uh, slash listeners actually know how you came to do what's left. It seems a bit, well, no, it seems very natural now. It's like, you know, you don't, I don't think about the time. It's hard to think now when it was just a duo and then suddenly Kenny and then you. And uh, I know it was that time when I was I was long term gone in Mexico and and Jess was subbing, and then suddenly uh, Andy was asked. And we—I told you this, Jessica. When I was—you we were, were here—and Andy asked and said, "Well, oh, what do you think about having Jess as a co-host?" And I just immediately said, "Oh yeah, yeah, that seems fine. That seems good. That seems exactly yeah, sure." <laughs> was in hesitancy, so that's how this came to be. Which I think it was last year. No, last year, two thousand two. It was summer. Excuse me, uh, winter winter because I was gone in December and I stayed in Mexico till February and then came back and then went to Colombia right but during that time it was like this whole co-host substitute and then suddenly it was not because it felt so naturally right fit for us and and uh and we've always discussed this is what I think I alluded to when I said in the intro um which I think is the reason why we're having this discussion We've always discussed having, being in person, right? Like when Andy had his, uh, uh, his uh, students in the park, or you know meeting in person, or us discussing about going back to school uh, in person. I think that these sort of interactions, what we're doing, even just now, should be to the bare minimum. Just only necessary, right? If you need to do this, but I don't, I don't see why people don't do exactly what you just did, Jessica. You know, you came all the way here. I try to sustain my relationship with my friends and family and and community when I visit them uh, and I have to travel. And so I'm used to that, but it isn't, it isn't. I think, I don't know, maybe, I, I don't know if there's a study on that or not, but I don't know how many people are doing that these days. I'm not sure. I know a lot of people are choosing to stay at home and just call each other, even text each other within the same house. You know, it's like, you don't, people don't do this. So it's a very, it was very, it was very special. It was such a joy having you here and uh, and discussing, even that's what I hope to do, discussing some of the political things and history and your visit i hope that we can delve into uh if we can just go in chronological order a bit what was it like and um overall do you know just like discuss what was it like on friday <laughs> i mean immediately from the airport right into getting uh white wine and <laughs> people and 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 everyone just yelling and screaming in the living room and (laughs) with brian's brian who is a socialist with all his books and and meeting all the people that were there
2: yeah well and just before we start maybe the narration like i think what you said about maybe most people or some people don't do that like i think this was the case before COVID but especially the past few years right like it's just so much easier not to like not to go to the trouble even if it's like in your town you know to like go to an in person event or whatever like I've had that experience so many times when there's something going on and some people are like like oh are you gonna also like stream it like I can't make it in person but like will you please like do a zoom link or whatever and yeah it's one of those things where it's like well it is harder like to organize your life even just i mean it was a long weekend it's not like i you know carved out a month or something but and then for you guys too like whenever somebody comes to visit and you're hosting like you pretty much have to put your entire life on hold and you know block out like chunks of time um and energy and all of that um but it's always it's almost always worth it like it's one of those things you know Maybe like the logistics are annoying to different degrees, but once you're there, you're like, Oh, this is the best. I don't know. I feel like that about a lot of stuff. Like I don't want to go to the gym, but then like once I go to the gym and I'm, I'm there, it's like, Oh yeah. Like it was worth it. You know, you don't regret it. So yes.
1: Well, the other thing, and this is take going back to our just having you start our, you know, on our episodes, um, I, I think you've come to, I think you've come to see that, well, me and Eduardo, possibly Kenny, but definitely me and Eduardo can be a little intense, um, and can be very directed in terms of what we're like trying to do on these episodes. And we have our point of view, you know, um, and I have felt from the jump that you took what you, what you were doing with us very seriously, as seriously as I take it, as seriously as Eduardo takes it as Kenny. And I have always, I really appreciate that about you. Like. You know, you just came on with your own personality, but also taking it as seriously as we did, even though, you know, we've been doing it for years and you had just been doing it for months. Um, that really meant a lot to me. And I and I also when I think about this trip even happening, I just appreciate you just you putting you making this happen, honestly, Jessica. The it wouldn't have happened without you saying, I'm getting it I'm getting the tickets, I'm coming down. Um, I think you asked. I can't even remember if you asked or if you just <laughs> Okay.
2: I I said what weekend.
1: (laughs) Okay, that's right. That's right. I guess Uh, I
2: didn't ask, but we can talk about it.
1: um, But that like that, what I like about that, and I hope I would be the same, is it's a person who is always manifesting things, always not just talking about, oh, what if someday or something like that, but making things actually happen. There is a difference between people who talk about things and people who say and then do. Um, and you clearly are, and I think that's often, f- I th- find people who are the best activists. No, do I want to use that word? The best people, the people who are, I feel like, most impactful in trying to change the world around them are people who say and then do um, what they say, kind of things. And so it's just another part of your personality that I really respect.
2: Am I more or less serious in person? Because I feel like we're very serious on
1: here. <laughs> let me ask that. Let me, let me think about that. I would say, Man, I would say you are about the you in person. You that that what you give off here is what you gave off in person. Like kind of a real balance of it. I tend to think of myself as kind of coming off as intense, and I would say you, because like particularly when you met Hema and Jorge, and you, like as as Eduardo said, we brought brought you immediately into the whirlwind of like some pretty interesting personalities. You just very much took it in stride, had a good time, and didn't like back away from some of the crazy stuff that Hemma would say um, and then would laugh at it and then engage in it, you know, and so say
2: anything crazier than the three of us, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I mean, she's just very blunt. She's just willing to be very blunt in front of people. She doesn't necessarily know, um, which I love about her, but you know, it can be challenging for people who are just, who are just meeting, you know, us.
2: Mm-hmm. I just ask because Eduardo kept being like, why are you laughing all the time?
1: <laughs> what would you say about that, Eduardo? Like for me, really, I would say Jessica has, has that balance here on the show, but also I felt like in real life kind of thing.
0: Yes. I mean I I, did, I when I say that comment just to speak I think i told you it's just sometimes I don't know what about me is funny, because I don't think of myself as a very funny person. So that's fine. But as far as Jess, Jessica's person her, her personhood, I think it matches who she is here. Uh I think Jessica is very adaptable to many situations. It was very chaotic from that Friday to Saturday and then to like, you know, it was three different homes, even though she did not stay, right? You didn't stay in three different places. It was it was in three different houses, three, diff- three different kind of environments. And, um, yeah, I think that Jessica is very willing and able to want to get to know us, wants to get to know Jessica. And that was, and I didn't feel very different from, I feel more connected. That's different. But I don't feel different as far as like, as if I didn't know this side about Jessica. There is this hidden side I didn't expect from Jessica. You know, that's different. Mm -hmm. Which is, of course, you came into our lives, our home, our environment. So it might be different if we go and sit you and watch you fight with your partner. (laughs) (laughs) All in good time. (laughs) <laughs> Rich, you were experiencing watching us. <laughs> I felt judged so many times.
2: No, yeah, I'm cool. I'll talk about it. Like that was one of the cool things. Was you know I get to see you guys on What's Left, which is is a very very small slice of who you are. But I do get to see that. But then getting to see like how you are, like with your partners and what like different, I don't know, different environments, like just random stuff, like how you drive and what you like to eat for breakfast and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's just such a fuller picture of someone than just like this little slice. And I was thinking too, like the internet, I think someone told me when I started my YouTube channel back years ago when I had my own. Um, and when I first started out, somebody told me like, when you're doing something through a screen everything is like muted. So they said like, if you want your personality to come through, you have to amp it up like times 10, like whether it's like humor or passion or anger or whatever you have to like, because it, you know, just the the screens like mute that or dull that. And I think that's kind of true. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily try to turn it up by 10 times, but I feel that's true. Like it's just such a, a different and fuller experience of someone and then like both in terms of intensity and in terms of like scope like you know seeing people in different environments
0: okay let's get into it what was friday like what was your experience like what was is it like overwhelming did people overwhelm you you can tell us even as
1: this is being recorded <laughs> and just to
2: feel overwhelmed. oh go ahead
1: and just to give a background friday is us meeting jessica at the airport and her meeting my friend Brian who's at an episode, Hema who's been on What's Left, and her husband Jorge. Um and being in the car with Kizma.
2: Being in the car with Kizma. Yeah. No, I don't think I was overwhelmed. I mean, it helps that I do get stressed out traveling, but it really like the travel is pretty easy. Like I I drove about like three hours to Boise and then flew direct flight. Super easy. And then you guys picked me up. Yeah, and took me to see the gang um, straight away, which was really fun. Um, yeah, the wine was flowing. Found out Eduardo likes to refill people's glasses very <laughs> generously. Um, yeah, and I, I think I had, I don't remember, had I seen Hema on, I feel like I had seen Hema on something. I can't remember for what episode it was. Um, so, and I heard Andy especially talk about him, uh, before, um, but less so Brian and Jorge, um, I had, of course he heard about Kizmo, but yeah, it was just fun to kind of chill out and get to know people. And it was a little chaotic, but, um, yeah, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. How was it for you guys? You knew who I was, <laughs> I can like, okay, I know what you look like.
1: I. Uh- We'll go, Eduardo. You want to say
0: something? I didn't realize we were going to be so open and raw on the go, on the first go. You know, it felt immediately like we were entering conversations that were very personal mm-hmm. about relationships, wow. children, <laughs> personalities, clashes, conflicts, backgrounds, and social dynamics, and 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 uh, and I felt as if it it became real quick, too fast. And so soon, you know, it was just bam, 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 bam. And, and I felt a bit self-conscious over it, but, and I tried not to contribute, but I realized I was contributing, but it was just real quick, too fast. Everything was so fast. And, and of course there was the wine flowing and there was dinner and there was just suddenly, you know, so much happening. and. I get hesitant around things like that because I kept thinking to myself, all right, we can't just give ourselves fully without also having, in this case, (gasps) excuse me, in this case, Jessica, getting to know us in a full context, everything before. Before I reveal myself that way, before I really don't need people to, see me fully in every aspect because it then it's like okay it's not you weigh it out you balance things
1: out uh andy yeah i would say that i'm so glad we chose well it, it was all because in some ways it was because we're picking jessica you up at san francisco and brian and hema are right there and we were gonna we weren't going to brian and hema's house but they were the ones who said, "Hey, we heard Jessica's coming over. Bring her over, you know and, and because I thought we were going to either bring you all the way up to, to my house in Oakland um or keep you with eduardo and and his partner in San Francisco. Um But I'm really glad it worked out that way because I feel like both brian and and hemma, I feel like are people who are friends, people who I love, who bring out who really immediately bring out what is kind of my intensity, my sort of spirit. And, um, and so I, it really was sort of, I don't mean to say it, this might sound the wrong way. It was kind of trial by fire, you know, like just like put the person in there and let's see how, how they do, you know, and it's not intentional. <laughs> Throw not me trying. to wolves. <laughs> It was not a test, but I'm like, what the hell? This is who I am. Like, I don't like to waste time talking about trivial things, you know? I mean, sometimes you do, cause you don't want to talk about intense things, but most of the time, the, the people who I who are important to me in my life, I feel like I can talk a, about a lot of things that are meaningful and take risks in those conversations. And so if you if I wanted to start off with to see, well, is Jessica going to want to take risks in conversations? Then put her in a room with Hema, you know, because then you're going to find out if this person is prepared to kind of go with anything and, and share. Um, and so... It really was the perfect start for me because I was like, okay, yeah, this is kind of who I am is right here. Um, I mean, not just because it's not like not meeting Brandy's going to show up, but Brian and him are really just, a, I feel like a, almost a reflection of the kinds of relationships that I've built in my life, the closest relationships that are just intense ones. And so we're, this is how we are. But and, and I guess
0: it's what I liked. One comment that Jess said was because Andy and I picked up Jess and then Andy took one way, and I told him to take another way on the motorway. And then I said, You don't listen to me, Andy. And then Jess said, like, Oh my goodness, you both are really, you both really are this, the way that you are on the, on the podcast in, in real life. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I forgot, I left out. Back to Kenny. Where is Kenny? You know, we're we, well busy 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 of course and so we arrived at kenny's and and that was a different experience it was really nice that drive uh we spoke about our intentions with what's left as a group i think that was important and i've i've always said if you want to deepen your relationships be stuck in a metal box that moves the way that a card does, <laughs> and and share things i did that with saul for many years. But anyhow, we arrived there and it was really nice to see Kenny. Kenny is someone that we've had, excuse me, Kenny is, Kenny's our co-host on, on what's left. And he's been very occupied with everything he shared in an episode that people can check out later in the episode notes if they wish. And, uh, and it was a treat seeing uh, uh, Kenny and his home and his new, his new town slash city. I don't know how you would consider it. And we were greeted, excuse me, by a very hospitable Listal, uh, who shared also with yeah me seven and months the
2: pregnant and like put on a freaking nice party barbecue mm-hmm. for us, which was really nice of them both. Yeah,
0: and maybe we'll share here a picture
1: of their onesie, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> we got we got um Kenny and Crystal a what's left onesie um which we'll show here that uh you know it's got the what's left logo on the front but on the back uh says uh this revolutionary baby demands um breast milk not formula uh faces not masks and tummy time not screen time um, and they really seemed to like that. So that was great to give that to him. And it was great to have you there, Jessica, so we could. This week we're going to a baby shower. You're not going to make it. Um, but um, it was sort of like a, a pre baby shower that we could all have with Crystal and Kenny. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I also have to add sorry, go ahead.
0: Pause. I did want to say we did arrive in Oakland first and met I up would,
1: with. Uh, yeah.
2: No, Brandy. yeah, we met Randy before that.
1: Right? And that also, how was. Go ahead. Well, we're doing a lot of talking, but we'll see if Jessica chimes in. Um, first off, uh, I, it was really important for me to see Jessica, or for Jessica to, to meet Brandy as well. Um, and you seemed really enthusiastic about doing that. I know you had done a reading for her. I got her a birthday. What's one of her birthday gifts was you to give her a reading. But I, I know it was more than that, too. I know that you know you've also just talked about really respecting who she is as a person, also what she does for the cause and things like that. Um, But it just was great to have you at our house and to have you and Brandy hanging out. Um, And this is where I, you got, you got us gifts. This is where I got this shirt. Okay. The grand, the grand, right. With the Sasquatch, Bigfoot, and my favorite dinosaur, parent and dinosaur. Um, we also got um tinctures. I brought these, Right. These are made by by um, Jessica, <laughs> different tinctures that do different things. And there's I know the flower. Well, this is an essence, so she's different. And that's like has for like it's it's flower energy or something like that. You gave us a whole script on it. I'm not going to go over that right right now. <laughs> but she gave us little cards on what how we can use them. Um, and I know Brandy's talking about using the flower essence um, more regularly if, if possible. Um, well, if, of course, it's possible. But. So that was very exciting. And uh the fudge was awesome. That was fudge. And okay. I hope that you I don't know what happened to Eduardo there. He must have knocked over his thing. Um I did. If you are thinking of gifts in the future, I hope that fudge shop stays open because that <laughs> yeah. place that that was that's really good. Brandy ate most of it, but the rest is left for me.
2: Yeah. Well, one thing I learned about Andy is he has a sweet tooth. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, no, But that was really cool to see Brandy and get to know her a little bit. Um, yeah, like I, I did the astrology reading with her. And I've had like small interactions with her through workers and students for toys and emails and stuff like that. But, you know, like when you're like mostly I work with you. So, you know, it's like Brandy, Andy's partner. Um, So it's always cool, I think, to, like, meet somebody on their own terms and, like, to get to know her, like, yes, as your partner, but also as, like, just Brandy. So that was really cool. And she is awesome in person. (laughs) I expected. (laughs) She did not disappoint. And I got a little, I guess that was later in the trip chronologically, but, like, I got a little tiny, like, window into her um, dance teaching just because, like, this, you know, her studio is... Part of your okay. home, and so I got to kind of like eavesdrop on like, you know, a few minutes of one of her lessons, and it was that was really cool because you can just tell she's really, really amazing at what she does, and yeah, it's always cool to see someone like in their element, like really in their element. Which I mean, I didn't get to see, but just a little, a little snippet.
1: Yeah, and that was that was one after we'd returned, but that day, this is after we gotten back from seeing Kenny and Cristal, and it was the next day. But that morning, like just hanging out together, uh, being at the same table, you know, me doing work because I was grading. I, you know, I don't know what you were, you were doing work. I got us some bagels. Yeah. And like you and and then when I was doing some of that, you, and, you were just hanging out with Brandy. That was a great, I, just having that experience together was great for me. You know, like just to just, just do regular things as well as like you know, activity stuff, we took a walk, which, (laughs) but, uh, Kenny, I mean, um, Eduardo told me that maybe you thought I walked a little fast.
2: (laughs) I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it, but I was just like, dang, he can move.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Kizmo kind of, I do probably when I pick my hikes, um, walk a little quickly, but Kizmo goes quickly too, but.
2: Well, I just uh, noticed it because people say I walk too quick. Like whenever I go like bring someone on a dog walk, I often have to like kind of slow down. But I was like, no, Andy was faster than me. Yeah. <laughs> Good, I got a little workout in.
1: <laughs> yeah, but taking that hike was really great too, and we were you know just talking and being in the woods and stuff. Um, so that was just you know yeah. great experience. It was
2: beautiful. Too. I got so lucky; you had the weather the whole weekend.
1: Yeah, and then
0: you storm. left, and it was pouring and storming, and <laughs> yeah,
2: storm before I came, and then rain pretty much like. Right as I was leaving,
0: it started raining. I uh, I, uh, I also appreciate it at that time. I thank you, Jess, for your gift as well. It was, <laughs> I have this book, um, yeah. Lines from a Mind to Mind, the words of John Trudell, who is a poet as well, apart from a great speaker. And I really do appreciate a good book. And that was very thoughtful. I don't have, his work, so it was an, an added addition to my collection. And you didn't have to do any of that; you just didn't. That was completely—I didn't realize you were going to do stuff. Of course, it's a surprise, but it was very thoughtful, and I appreciated that uh, as well as the fudge as well. All right, that was good. I did eat half of it immediately. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's better fresh, so good. Yeah, if you guys, then yeah. we'll go to the fudge shop. It's fun. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, we stayed late on Saturday night, didn't we? It we was a long late. night.
2: What I learned is you guys don't. I was probably exaggerated because I was there and there was a lot going on, but you guys don't sleep <laughs> very much.
1: <laughs> no, and I, I, I am curious because when we were with Kenny and Cristal and Eduardo's partner was there as as well, there was like the com- the conversation did get very I thought very personal um
2: yeah I later thought, like oh, we had yeah. a right chill time. again yeah we had an intense little. so i'm time.
1: i am curious because i'm very comfortable with eduardo doing that with kenny and since cristal is going to be close to kenny i was really <laughs> comfortable okay here you know so but i am curious how did you feel like as as we're talking about like family dynamics and our own families and things like that how how comfortable did you feel i'm just wondering
2: I felt comfortable. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of like that just in general, where it doesn't like bother me or like traumatize me to talk about both like my own, like more serious experiences or struggles in life and to hear other people's. Um, But yeah, I mean, I feel like with you guys, like, I mean, we talk about I mean, politics and stuff, but we we talk about some personal stuff, like pretty intense stuff from time to time on here. So I feel like we already kind of had cultivated that trust just through our what's left relationship. Um, But then, yeah, with everybody's... Well, I guess Brandy wasn't there, but with Kenny and Eduardo's partners being there, um, I don't know. I, I Obviously, it depends on the other person, like, you know, when people sharing stuff, they don't feel comfortable, but... I think when you share you know some of the more serious experiences like we were at that time it just creates a like a stronger sort of not a stronger connection I don't know how to put it but you you feel like oh man like you when you when you hear like a little snippet of like something really really hard that someone's gone through or is going through I don't, it has a way of sort of humanizing you, humanizing them. And I don't know, I I think I'm a pretty empathic person. So sometimes I don't say the right thing in response or whatever, but like, I do like, I, I really feel people's emotions when it comes to that stuff. And, um, so yeah, I, I think it, I think it changed the way, like I, um, moved forward with like, for instance, your partners, um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't want to do that like 24 <laughs> 7. Like, I'm, you know, that wasn't like, I don't mean to portray it as like that was the whole day. But yeah, like we had the, you know, an hour or so maybe out of the whole day that we were there where, yeah, we did have a little bit more of an, an intense share around. And I also think um, like you two, especially, well, all, all of us who were there, I think we're kind of rare in the way that we ask questions and kind of, probe each other not probes not the right word because that makes it sound kind of invasive you know but um sometimes people are like too afraid to ask or too I don't know like they don't they don't want to know that stuff you know it makes it awkward it makes it sad or weird or intense um and yeah I mean that's probably part of why you guys are good at doing a podcast is because you ask ask questions and i think it comes from like a genuine place of curiosity and wanting to connect with other humans and get to hear different experiences and perspectives other than your own um so i think everybody when we were sharing everybody was really respectful of like kind of letting each other talk and um yeah like asking questions yeah I, I think i learned a lot from that conversation like about everybody but also just about communication and maybe myself a little too
1: yeah it it also reminds me of the time on the the drive up to Kenny and kristal's place where we were kind of talking about like how we run our show but it, it was also interesting to me to note that when we talked in the car like you know Jessica would speak for a while and then eduardo was you know like it wasn't like we were interrupting each other like and I don't think that's I think that's not just a function of this is how we've learned how to talk on Zoom because it's not a good idea to try to z- inter- interrupt a person on Zoom because it chops things up and, the, and it. But I don't actually think that's the reason. I think I think you both are very good listeners, um, and you're just going to let a person have time to just say what they're going to say, and you're not going to wait. You might stop, pause them. I didn't hear that, or can you clarify this? But
2: or take a take a ride on this exit.
1: right Yes. but uh, I I just felt like it was just really nice to just you know just it felt very um, safe actually and very just comfortable to talk with you both about anything fun or anything serious because you knew that people were just going to listen
0: I have a I think a horrible habit to talk too much when we're in a space that i feel no one else is sharing so i decide i want to fill in the gaps but i don't like to speak a lot i, I want i prefer to have other people talk but if i feel the social dynamics for example because was in the kitchen so she can't come up she's not generating thoughts she's multitasking and kenny was over there and jesson was here at the table and i was there and so i felt putting music in the background, trying to fill in the, the gaps a little bit, you know, trying to make things comfortable and serving mascal for everyone. You know, it's sort of trying to do that. And if someone else takes up the mantle to, to speak, I let go. But I don't know if people sometimes know they can interrupt me and take over. So that's why I kept telling Jess in the beginning, if you heard me several times, I said to you, I turned over to you and I said, at any point, you can shut me up, Jess. It's like a turn-off switch. You can just shut me up. You're like, no. <laughs> so, and I kept turning back to you, and I said, I talk too much. You need to just shut me up, because if you don't, then I'll just assume that no one else has anything else to share. I don't do that on what's left. But in real life, I do, because I think, okay, well, no one is sharing, and no one is talking, no one is interrupting me. I expect, and I want people to interrupt me then I'll stop. That's that's my cue. Stop. But if I don't see that happening, then I just continue my spout just keeps going because I just think I need to make sure it's always balanced. You know, no, it's this awkward silence. Cricket, cricket.
2: I think you're a little hard on yourself. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I think you have a way of like, you're always very clear with your communication. I never feel like you're dumb. <laughs> but you're also a really good storyteller. You're really good at making people feel comfortable. Like, I don't know. It's very exhausting. Like, I've had those people in my life who I love, but it's like, I have to drive the conversation the whole time. Like, I have to fill the gaps. And it's very exhausting. That does not come very naturally to me. Mm. Um, and I think I think that's probably pretty common. Um so I think you have a way of yeah, just making people feel comfortable, making me laugh. You were cracking me up the whole weekend. So, I think you're a little hard on yourself in terms of like quote-unquote talking too much. I don't think that's true. I
1: I also want to note that what was important about your trip was that it your trip to the bay area was the initiator for our trip to visit kenny and cristal um and it did provide me an opportunity to have some conversations with kenny that like i would both me and eduardo hadn't seen kenny in person in a while so um that was really important to me as well like we had a lot of good conversations just to kind of update our relationship and just for me to check in on where he's at and to see in person how he's doing um that was a that was really good for me um so again another part of it's like this. Why this trip was important? A lot of good things happened as a result of it. Yeah. yeah. All um, right,
0: Jess, What was? Yeah. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Well, I have a question. I want to know.
1: Go ahead, Eduardo. Because I was, I would like to know more, a little bit more about the San Francisco part of it. That's
0: what I was going to ask next. Yeah. What was the smart city like? Well, <laughs> or,
1: first off, not let's be like. clear. Let's, let's, <laughs> Our audience should know that for probably a 36 hour period of of Jessica being in San Francisco, I think Eduardo created a list of 14 or 15 different things to be done.
2: That was like 20 at least. Okay, 20,
1: 20 things to be done. Uh, I it was, I mean, and being really so worked
2: options, out. Options. <laughs> and every single one of them sounded awesome. And a lot of them we did. We actually, I'm impressed with how much we did. I know you think that. There's obviously a lot we didn't do, but for the short amount of time that we had, I thought we did a good job. Yes.
0: I, have, I I thought you were staying for a week. And <laughs> I remember thinking, okay, we're going to do this, 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 you know? And suddenly I'm told, and said, no, Jess is staying until Tuesday morning. I was like, oh, so I had to shrink it because <laughs> I originally had sent you the, a, list, a long message. You remember, Jess? -hmm. And then I shrinked it to, all right, we have to do this. (laughs) Yeah. You know?
2: Well, and I had told you guys, like, I mean, I had only been to San Francisco once before, and it was like a decade ago. So I was excited to see San Francisco and the Bay Area, but like the primary purpose of the trip was to see you guys. So if, and I said this to you before, like, literally, if we had just sat in your kitchen and drank tea and caught up, I would have been totally happy. But, Yeah, it was really cool. And I had really cool tour guides because, I mean, that's always (laughs) one thing in my life. Like, I have never lived in a place more than, well, Seattle was the longest, which was eight years. Um, And, like, as an adult. Um, So it's always really cool to me when you can visit someone and they have lived in a place or they've, like, been attached to a place for a really long time, right? You get a window into that spot in a way that you wouldn't if it was just like you know, if like say me and my partner just came to San Francisco for the weekend and like toured around and checked it out. um
0: Sunday, you arrived and you said, "Wow, Andy can walk
1: fast. Can I take a shower?" <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was like sweaty from the hike. <laughs>
1: I'll say that Eduardo gave me a little bit of summary of some of the things you did, but the things that were most meaningful for me to hear about were you seeing where me and Eduardo, like where I used to live in San Francisco, and me and Eduardo kind of started What's Left, there's actually a picture of you in front of that. Um, so that was pretty neat. And the idea that you ac- actually got to go to Dolores Park and see my old school. I'm
2: sorry, I'm just going to have to put you on pause. Is it official? It's almost official. Oh my gosh! Sorry, totally unrelated, but Nate Nate wouldn't normally interrupt, but there's a a whale in Miami who I used to do a ton of activism. Um, she's been in basically incarcerated in a bathtub for over fifty years, and they just came in to tell me they're going to release her. Oh, I spent wow. like years oh, doing activism for her. Oh my gosh! So happy! <laughs> ah, that's so great! Well, I was wearing it. my T-shirt sure. too, actually, when I was. I think it was somewhere on the hike i had my uh, liberation for lolita because that's oh, I miss that. oh my gosh that's such that's such amazing news okay that anyway, go back to restart your thought andy
1: well back to your home um well just that you had seen where we had started what's left and that you had been able to visit um my old school and dolores park yeah that not a lot to me that like i wouldn't have thought to do that but Eduardo to bring you to those locations was like that was pretty cool.
0: Right after that, we decided to go straight to the Beat Museum because you are an English matron. Right?
2: Yeah.
0: And yeah. so I thought the I just thought it would only make sense to go see a very local, very hidden part, unknown thing of SF, which is the Beat Museum. And there we were, and it was very nice to whole it was in North Beach in Italy, and we had we had uh late or early dinner late lunch, however you want to put it in in at the stinking Rose where it was not in the location that I had gone to many years before prior, and a new location with different foods. I just felt it was very different, but we had enjoyed ourselves yeah. and uh and I did not like their wine. <laughs> So,
2: you said it was mediocre.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I just looked over. Yeah, and my partner and I said, "Oh God, mm, I'd rather not spoil her, but it's okay."
2: <laughs> yeah. No, the Bee Museum was really cool, and I will say, like, you know, Edward is a writer. I'm a writer too, and it, it's always fun to like visit places like that, like kind of literary place and I mean I feel like I'm very influenced by the beat poets in particular um so it was really cool to see that but to like go with somebody who is coming from not the same place but like I don't know I I I realized on the trip like Eduardo and I I think have a lot of common interests and I mean I kind of knew that and you were curating the trip to what you thought I would like but I still think like yeah a lot of the stuff you like I I'm interested in. So that was really fun to go. Um, yeah, it's a cool little museum.
0: Yeah, and from the museum to Stinking Rose to City Lights, mm-hmm. very famous bookshop where, uh, which I thought was important because of Howl that was being censored, that was trying to be banned and censored, and not be published. And we talked a lot about free speech. We talked about letting mm-hmm. things be shared, right? And Howl is a poem that uh, very long. Run poem by, uh, by the beat um, Allen Ginsberg, uh, beat generate uh, a, a beat writer, and he got it published by that book house uh, City Lights, and it was uh, neat. Seems being able to discuss, and I show two books that I think you should, every person should read. I think Arundhati Roy, and I won't name my competitor um, Ocean Vaughn. <laughs> who is about my age and a brilliant writer I have to say and uh and I have nothing horrible to, think to say so I thought I'd recommend those those two books went; it was a really great little thing that we did there and walked
2: and you got didn't is that China where you got the Nabokov memoir the one that I recommended was that a city yes. yes
0: yes yes you recommended that yes yes yes, yes.
2: yes. one of my favorite
0: Yes, I'll have to really sit down and go down and read that. From there, we went to, through Chinatown, which was nice. And we had some beverage that was uh, fairly different, but not as sweet as I thought it would be a beverage, right?
2: Wouldn't have been sweet enough for Andy. I liked it though.
0: <laughs> not like that morning where he wanted lots and lots of sugar in his coffee. <laughs>
2: You mean every morning? <laughs> <laughs> we're, gonna, we're giving him a hard time. I'm actually not anti-sugar, but I do think. Yeah, it did. It did surprise me how much he likes sugar.
1: <laughs> I have seen. I'm apparently You're around so
0: many health freaks, Auntie. I don't understand it. I know.
1: And and Brandy has definitely convinced me that it's responsible for all sorts of inflammation and stuff. But somehow it's like, oh my god, but it tastes so good. <laughs> at some point at some point things are going to have to change but I'm not there yet I guess. <laughs> we went from there to
0: just down down from Chinatown down all the way to in the midst of all these skyscrapers and we were talking about housing. And I said to just just imagine how many people could occupy these empty buildings. I remember a very long time ago, Andy and I were walking and we were discussing socialism. I'm not sure if you remember this, Andy. And you said to me, look over at those skyscrapers. And I said, yeah. And I said, and you said something along the lines. Those are empty. Basically, workers, workers, something. I forget how you put it, Andy. Can you remind me? Workers. Waste, something waste. Those were a waste of... I forget, I'm destroying whatever you said. That was so philosophical <laughs> at that time. That probably was like influential at the time. And now I'm blanking out. It's horrible. But I looked at those city skyscrapers and thought of how many people could be housed there. And then I thought about, I think I said this on the trip at some point. I said Fidel Castro, when he had this revolution and people were wondering where would people live He just looked over at the hotels and said, well, there's so many empty buildings. Why don't the people just live there? And they did. And I see SF that way. I think there's so much potential everywhere, you know, everything. You know, I'm reminded of when we sat at Dolores Park, you know, Jessica, and we looked over and I said, that is Andy's. Right there, that school is where Andy lived and worked, basically, because he spent twenty years of his life dedicated there to his students, to his colleagues, to his studies. He grew there. He met people there who have become lifelong relationships. And I said to you, as we were looking in the backdrop, that's Mission High School, and you can see the city skyscrapers in the in the in the in the background. I said, you know, this is what this neighborhood represents for us. This is where a lot of people, organizers, have tried to work in their own, you know, their own way to bring about transformation to the city, to take back the city. And to Andy, it was his union. And I think if I can say this, Andy, I'm not sure how much I can express this, but I think when you've always been considerate of black and folks of color, workers, I think when teachers sort of slighted you, the woke teachers coming in, many of them were former colleagues or teachers of mine that I know of, and tried to shut you up and and put you to the side and then suddenly decided after. So many years of you being involved as a union rep, as someone that represented them, suddenly a movement of liberate liberal SF overtook Mission where they decided to have their own elections. I remember this. And decided not to have you as one of the people that represented them. After so many years of you representing Mission High School colleagues of yours, who I personally know, have said wonderful things about you when they've felt protected by you, by by administration and by um, just the, I'll say passion, the passion and the love that you have for all of the people around you. I've always said you listen to people and you really do consider people's thoughts. Uh, And suddenly here you were 20 years later and you're told, by SFUSD and even tarot snitchers, folk, your own folk colleagues snitch on you, and you're pushed out. And that is the relationship, the horrible, abusive relationship that one has, right? Because you have this heart and connection. And I was, I just wanted just to see that when we were there at Dolores the Park, right at the corner of church and i forget the cross street that the very corner that everyone can see just the entire park from behind the playground structure you can see mission high school and i thought it was important to bring just to those very monumental landmark places other than the golden gate bridge which just can do another time or go to see fisherman's wharf or go see uh the you know palace of fine arts which is very beautiful at night that glows i thought it was important that the history that we have in this city, the people like Andy, who is one of the people who are going to leave his legacy in SF, and uh, and many people who have worked hard to bring about transformation in their own way to this city, to, to for people, uh, not for the race or color or for their orientation, but because they are the, they're oppressed, you know, in, in the society. Andy has done a lot, and we just sat there. Do you remember? Yes, we sat there, and I said, "Let's just sit there and take it all in," you know. And it was just like trying to embrace everything—all the hate, all the wonderful (laughs) memories, all the things—and you know, seeing that school where also my mother went to school, where my nephew went to school, my where two of my cousins went to school, where I've gotten to know. Andy, because of one of my cousins, right? And so it has so much history that school and Mission Science Center below, where I took many of elementary school students there for field trips. And then the whole big auditorium where I've seen many concerts. You know, it's just so much connection there and knowing Andy through the same circles and sadness, joy. A reminiscence that just nostalgia I think there was a lot of feelings for me and I hope that I was able to share some of that just and I hope it got through and it you did. could see it's
2: very different like obviously I'd kind of heard from you guys you know what you went through the past couple of years kind of being turned on and pushed out and demonized and all this kind of thing In the communities that you'd been working in for so long and fighting for for so long. And not that I didn't like take that in before, but I think it's really different when you're like actually sitting looking at the place. Um, and then, like, Eduardo, getting to see your school and hearing like some of the stories that you shared. Um, it, it's just totally different. Like, it's just totally different when you're there in person. And it's like, this is the place. Um, So yeah, I would say it did. It did get through.
1: Andy, yeah, that and when and Eduardo had shared, let me let me get Kizmo out of my <laughs> this brain ready. Hold on. <laughs> it was Chinatown, and then after Chinatown, we saw those city skyscrapers. And the following um, day, go ahead, Andy. When when Eduardo shared, uh, I think it was last night about how you had made that visit. Um, first off, Eduardo, I'm very much struck that you, I I think as a, as a tour guide, if you will, you do a great job thinking about, I wouldn't have thought to, to, to bring a person to mission, even though I'd had some of those experiences. If it had been me touring Jessica, I would have never thought to do that, to bring a person to mission at a place, even though it's so, had been so important in my life. I just would have been like, let's go to, Someplace else, like Golden Gate, essentially Golden, Golden Gate. Really? I wouldn't. That, I said 20 years of your life, and you don't think it's important? I, I just wouldn't think that way. I mean, not that I think that's important. I just wouldn't think to bring a person there as if it's like, okay, it's already, that's already passed, you know. Um, But it was, i really glad you got to see that, Jessica. And it, and in fact, in, in Eduardo brazing it, it, it allowed me to remember about the time. Um. And I w- I will say a few things. First off, the 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 notion that that as a building rep that me and Greg got got unelected that was I was always ha- fine with that. That to me was never a betrayal. In fact, that was a confirmation of the process of people should have the leadership that they want in in terms of the union. And I was so I'm I was fine with that. But I will say, and I think Eduardo, you raised that question of representing people of color and women. And most of the people who I had to do the most work to do were not, quote, teachers, but paraprofessionals. Um, And that group was not just dismissed by administrators, they're often dismissed by many teachers. And so the fact that I represented those folks was either a source of annoyance by, by some teachers or it was irrelevant to them, and yet, like you said, that wokeness that started to emerge was would not acknowledge that this is our this is our most this is our most um, exploited group, which is black and women in our own workforce, which are paraprofessionals and they couldn't see it with despite their wokeness um but there was a sense of betrayal that came as a result of all the covid stuff and and like you said, the circuits in the park and how people the the snitch thing that came as a result of that and that started a whole cycle of getting me out, um, up there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it is important. I I just kind of have moved on, but the fact that that story reminded me and and pulled at my emotions, um, means there's still stuff I'm tied to there. There's still memories that were kind of like cut so severely that in many ways, um, I think there's still a part of me that needs to kind of return to that um, so maybe Eduardo, I feel like maybe you have to, you and I have to go back there and I have to get the same tour you gave Jessica.
2: you should, yeah, <laughs> you should get the eduardo tour. it's it's a ten out of ten. I was gonna say too though, I think like the whole trip, even and it's probably so much more intense for you guys, I'm sure. But even from an outsider's perspective, like coming to this this whole place, there is like a sort of weird mixture of like bittersweetness. You know, just in in terms of what's happened. I mean, yes, of course, like the past few years with COVID. um, But also just, you know, the longer history, right? Of like all of the kind of victories and like the various different cultures and all of these like amazing positive, you know, the beat poets and like all of that history like shining through. But then there's also like juxtaposed right there, the the dystopian stuff, you know, and, and we saw hints of that like everywhere you looked. Um, talk about the driverless, driverless car <laughs> that we saw and where we saw it in a minute. But yeah, I mean, like just just little things like Eduardo being told on the bus like that he was, bre- I don't know, breathing too much or was <laughs> a woman in a mask. Who's that, like you're talking to I don't even know what she said, but it, it was' just obviously there's greater injustices than being you know told off on the bus, but just these little moments, and then you know some of the stories that you guys shared of like I mean, I guess that's just human life in general is <laughs> is with uh happiness and celebration, you know, there's always the flip side of like loss and grief and tragedy, but. You know, it's cool to see it like through through people rather than just like a a brochure about the bay.
0: I I believe, Jess, that this visit of yours is very crucial to what's left. This is very this area is a very special place. You have billionaires living up north, up Golden Gate, past Golden Gate Bridge, and you have. East Bay, Berkeley, the birthplace of the freedom speech movement, Oakland, for the once radical Black Panther movement that suddenly has become whitewashed, not like white privilege, whitewashed. I'm talking about whitewashed in the sense of like, pretend Black Panther people who are today telling you to uh, put away your guns when that was never the case for the Black Panthers. And they were trying, they were following police cars, you know. To suddenly going to seeing the workers, all the workers and the farmers that work, that are part of the labor movement and labor history, which is the reason why Siza Chavez is known for the great strike, the grape strike in San Jose, to Silicon Valley, the monster of tech, the industry, to San Francisco with its driverless cars. And to its hippie culture, which we went to Hayden Ashbury. This whole Bay Area is changing. And San Francisco Francisco was the first city to enact, to begin the, the COVID lockdowns in the entire country of the USA, which is a big freaking country. This is the hotbed right here of so many things silicon valley bank collapse just happened here you know and the murder of trees that happened here when trees are so much like important it's like the red sequoia trees here in this part of northern california and this and the great giant sequoias right that baby sequoia tree that we saw that was cut down and it is just amazing that was, awful. That so was like terrible
2: <laughs> just you were in the middle of some like really positive happy story and all of a sudden we look over and there's this just severed sequoia just absolutely like brutalized yeah. it's horrible
0: yeah and i and talk about the green movement here or whatever but do you know what i mean so it's like so so talking about andy to me if i was to give a history lesson i'd discuss the labor movement And I would refer to Mission High School as Andy being, I say it this way, as Andy being one of the most prominent former candidates of uh, UESF, United Educators of San Francisco, uh, union leader, uh, who really looked out for his colleagues as a socialist. And what we can learn from that lesson is what workers do to other workers when they snitch, when they snitch and tell other workers when they decide to turn against themselves, and when teachers suddenly become the police state, when they decide to do the surveillance for the government, when the teacher, the nice little teacher with the desk and the apple is no longer that, but becomes its very own enemy and works against their own cause. And as much as all these socialist teachers, two of them that I know, four of them that I know very well in the teachers union, want to proclaim and pretend that they're all about workers and everything, they have suddenly become tools and, and, and instruments of the state. And they are in bed now with all of the things that we have discussed on many, many episodes here on what's left about unions with their ties to their monies and politicians to all of the. Fourth Industrial Revolution—they have no idea that they're being a participant of moving forward with tech, and that's why I thought these things were important. And maybe we can transition from there, from like the the, the from the Hayden Ashbury, which I thought was important. Which you got a bumper sticker and you asked me, which one do you think is best? You asked for a bumper sticker, and I said to you that one, the one on the sixties, because that is the tradition of the left that I was a part of—the tradition of questioning. Big Brother, questioning Big Pharma, and being a promoter of 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 uh, of, the, of freedom of 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 freedom of speech, that is the '60s that I'm hoping that we are a part of. Which everyone now has turned to. Let's just give every everything up to Big Brother, right? Big the the man, the government. This is right, and then we move into the Mission District, which is. The hub of so much change. And Andy, in the heart and the mission, living there on 21st and Shuttle, in front of that park where some of the tech people came in to overtake that very same park Andy lived across from. And they decided they wanted to do things differently and where these kids from the block decided to push back and say, no, this is our neighborhood. And they won that. They won that small victory, right? Andy, you know about that. And Andy living and seeing it all from that point of view, from that window that I showed you where he lived with his cats and writing letters to prisoners, the Black prisoner uh, exchange that you had, Andy, that you told me about. And I saw his pictures and living with roommates and just living amongst fruit trees because those were fruit trees that you were, I don't think you knew Andy. And I'd always go up on Sundays up past the jasmine vine and smelling it and going up and doing an episode with Andy that people can look at the episode that I always cringe about. But that couch that Andy was there and we had our little setup with the lamps and everything. It was such a, Oh, it was such a setup. And just, I said, Jess, that's where What's Left was born, right there. And we took a picture right there. then yeah, we'll so-
2: put in the picture. <laughs> that was so cool. That was one of my favorite moments, was getting to see, like, the origin. And Andy, you had kind of talked a little bit from more of, like, a personal angle about living there the day previous, I think, when we were on the hike. Um, so that was really cool. And then not, so we took that picture, which we'll put in. And then not 60 seconds later, I shit you not, I couldn't have written it better myself. A self-driving car with no one in it drives by. And they had warned, you guys had warned me and Crystal in the previous episode had mentioned like you might see one. And so all weekend I was kind of like, and we did see a couple, but like with people in them, like driving in them. And that was the first one I saw right outside your old apartment where what's left again. And I felt like that was just such a moment of like, Oh, (laughs) these two visions, you know, just colliding kind of sent sent chills down my spine, honestly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Definitely an invasion, right? Like you, you feel the press of the fourth industrial revolution deeper and deeper into our lives, push and pushing us, pushing some of us out of the city. Um, and this other force is starting to come in um, and it's happening on every front. And you took a picture at the airport that when you arrived in, was that the picture of the coffee machine?
2: Oh my God. Yeah. There was a whole cafe just run by a robot.
1: Right. And was that in the Port, That Portland airport?
2: No, that was SFO.
1: So, I mean, this is it, right? It's just, it's just more and more on different fronts. This stuff is penetrating and coming in. Because um, before, what those cars—they were always people in them—and now increasingly, they're starting to like take people out of them and let the cars kind of run around. Um,
2: and even seeing like all the smart screens and like smart pay everywhere we went, like restaurants and stuff like that, like self scan this and that. Except for at the Beat Museum, right, Eduardo? Uh huh. They have like the old school, like '90s cashier. Pe- yeah, a cashier machine. Um, and we were asking him about that. And he said, yeah, sometimes people try to like scan their Apple Pay on this like machine when they like mashing on. plastic or whatever. And we were just like, oh my goodness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
1: I have a question for Andy before I do you miss your home, Andy?
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, no, in in a sense, I'm I'm very happy. I'm very happy for. I told Jessica the story of how I how Brandy. My probably the the biggest well, not confrontation. The biggest difficulty we first had was the idea of where was I going to live or when we were going to move in together, and uh, that was a place where I, that where I showed kind of my last resistance to committing to someone. Um, and and there was a battle in some ways between Brandy and I. Um, and fortunately, she won that battle. Not like she fought, but fortunately, her vision of what our life could be, came won over my hesitancy to move forward into a life, to be with someone. So, um, well, and
2: she didn't win it. You you both chose. You well,
1: I I I would just say that if had she not pressed the question as as she did, then I might have continued to just hesitate. And mm-hmm. so she she was willing to kind of essentially say, look, are we, are you going forward or not? And I had to do some deep thinking about what did I really want? So in one sense, no, because I'm really so glad that I came. I didn't just leave San Francisco. I came to be with Brandy. I think, I think what I do miss is a sense of connection to the things you're describing, Eduardo. There's just a lot of people who I had known and it, it it it's sort of like there was an amputation that took place, um, and it was cauterized. I survived the wound, but like a part of the limb is gone. Um, and so I do feel like uh, it was it, it was a very abrupt removal with no closure to it and no sense of like it was just pfft, bye. You just I was I just was kicked out like a like a watermelon seed between person's fingers and just. Boing. There you go. You're gone. But I, yeah, I, I, I am, I like my life the way it is in terms of, or rather I have been able to make the kind of life I want in this period. I think i relationships are better and stronger. I think the people I'm meeting like Jessica and Jake are, are people. I'm, I feel much more confident we're going to be with each other through thick and thin. Um, and I think some of the characters that I had in my life before, you know, I, I don't I don't know they were they were not of that same material. So I'm more confident that I'm building on solid ground now. It's always good to have that security, right? In the face of what is more I feel like a more insecure world though. Like I feel the world right. is more scary than it was three years ago. Um, and I was a socialist anti-capitalist then I wasn't that I was scared by capitalism before, but now they've really got my attention and they've really showed me how dangerous they're prepared to be. And I think I've got more lessons to learn, you know, uh, Jessica saw me and Brandy with matching geoengineering sticker, you know, anti-geoengineering stickers, um, you know, and now I'm going to be, we're going to be talking to people about midwifery and the reproductive system in this country, which I, you know, I'm just going to continue to learn more and more about how awful, how deeply broken, corrupted, unusable in terms of for humanity, the, the institutions that we live in are. And I, I keep being surprised at how unworkable they are. Even though my thoughts, my theory is, well, these are unworkable because it's capitalism. But it's getting deeper into my bones now, that awareness.
0: well, I, I, I even though I tease you about you leaving SF, I appreciate you sharing that, and I hope you keep enjoying where you
1: are, you know it is It, it, it certainly when it, when I visited you with your partner and Jessica, when we mm-hmm. that was actually pleasant. Normally coming to San Francisco, I don't like coming back to San Francisco. Like I don't like it. Visiting Brian and Emma, that's fine, but because Jessica was seeing you and seeing your partner and seeing your place, then I felt very good about it. You know, mm-hmm. like because there was a purpose, and I feel like this the, the, what you did with Jessica to kind of take her through what we had been through, even have, gives it more meaning for me. Um, I would have liked to have been on that tour, to be honest. <laughs> it would have been wonderful. Would have been
0: wonderful. And I'm glad you got to see my workspace, Jessica. Me too. That the 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 elementary school that I that I put all my efforts and energy in and the people I keep running into in the mission.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's like I mean, just talking about like decision making in terms of like when to keep fighting when to stay whether it's like literally physically or just in terms of energy and labor and organizing and all that like there's just so much that goes into it and I mean like I said I have never been in one physical location for all that long and I mean Seattle was the longest one but Seattle honestly was probably the one that I felt like least attached to um so it's like I don't know like I can't imagine a world where Eduardo's is not like Walking around the mission. I mean, I know you go <laughs> you go, you go home to Mexico and you go wherever, right? but like you come yeah. back. Yeah. And then, oh man. But maybe like people would have said the same thing about Andy, you know, at his school and with that fight five ten years ago, and now here you are, and it's just, yeah, just like thinking about all the decisions we've all made in our life, like personal, political, whatever. And I I I remember how you put it in the car, Andy. Like you were describing, like that struggle of like you know with Brandy of like no, like this is you know yeah maybe I'll leave, but like in ten years or something, or like when I retire. And and then you said like in the end, like once you actually did it, you said it was like the like how did you put it? You said the like once you had kind of like built the door then you just walk through, you know? And so like, maybe now, yeah, It, it now you're, not that it's easy, but I, I don't know. I think that kind of describes a lot of decisions I've made in my life. And like, even, even leaving Seattle, which like, I wasn't really that attached to that place. It was never really like home to me, but like, I still like there's all my different homes like I, I miss them all or like I miss elements of them in different ways but I don't know I don't really regret even the ones that were more like severing like like my Muay Thai community like that I don't know it sounds silly maybe from the outside but like that was one where like even when I before COVID when I would think like at some point like I'm gonna leave Seattle but like oh I just like can't imagine my life without like these people in this precise place and like this right here like I couldn't imagine severing that and then all the bullshit like did it for me and yeah I'm happy with where I am now not that it's like forever but yeah, I don't know. It was like, it was so horrible at the time. And yes, I still really, really miss it. And it's bittersweet. But also like, once the door was built, I just walked through it. And here I am. And I'm okay. And there's an, a new version of the struggle. But I don't know, it's hard. Life is very complicated, isn't it? Uh.
1: No, but I, I mean, I do think it's just part of taking action. and and whenever something um, difficult happens is to put yourself into a place of like, okay, what, what do I need to do for myself right now? You know? And like I said, I, I think that's the kind of person you are is a person who takes action. Um, And I don't, I don't think, I don't look back that much, but I do think there's a value to doing that. it's kind of looking back and listening to you, Jessica, I think, you have more of a sense of way hey, there were some things that I lost, um but those those moves were probably still necessary
0: What's the verdict on those tacos that Kenny's had recommended
2: so good <laughs> hey, here like here here's all the things that I like love and lo- i mean besides like obviously friends and family and and good times and stuff, like I love tacos and Mexican food.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, and I got Kenny's Rec and I got Christelle's Rec. They were both bomb, but I'm going to say Kenny's Rec was like 10. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't have probably ordered that otherwise. Anyway, tacos, Italian. Italian is actually my, probably my second favorite, which we also did Italian food. Uh, books, talking about poetry, talking about literature. We went to the gym. We Went to the Anarchist Bookstore. We didn't talk about that. That was awesome. Went to City Lights. I came back with a rucksack full of books. And I didn't come home with a typewriter, but I have a feeling that a typewriter is going to come into my life in the very near future. I'm going to manifest that. I'm <laughs> not Eduardo's doing. We're just going to get more and more Luddite. More and more Luddite every year. Love it. What about? Um, and yes, and I love like learning new learning about like art and crafts and stuff. So Eduardo took me to a, um like a, like a yarn store, but it was like all um uh, like natural fibers and like eco-friendly stuff um, here. Look right here. This is, this is what I got on the, what I, how far I got on the plane. We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll be bigger. Hopefully soon. Um, so yeah, learning to knit, learning to make stuff, create stuff. Um, I don't know. some kefir grains? What's that? The
0: kefir grains.
2: Oh my gosh. Yes. Kefir. Yeah. We, I feel like we geeked out over, you know, um, just like diet stuff. And Eduardo sent me home with kefir grains, which I love. I'm so excited. Um, and I feel like they're a good metaphor too. like this thing that just keeps growing and keeps growing if you keep kind of tending to it and it like helps you physically. But then you also it's like yours grew and then you can like share it with other people and it keeps growing and it keeps growing. And now I feel like I can never let the kefir grains die or else like <laughs> the energy from this trip will, you know, will be somehow muted. So, yeah, I'm super excited about that. Anyway, it was just, like, all my favorite thing. Oh, and, like, about and so awesome. a- like composting because of you. All the good stuff. And, and you I made a
0: former I- politician of SF on the bus. That's
2: true, yes. <laughs> that was exciting. We met so many just interesting characters, like, I kept thinking about Mia and her her witches. <laughs> at the um. She's a like, sculptorist in
0: SF, yeah.
2: Artists, and yeah, just you know, when you travel, I feel like you just accumulate all these like people's like little stories and little gems that they share with you and I don't know, it becomes a part of you, right? And then not that I mean that happens in everyday life, but when you travel, I feel like it's really concentrated. And in a place like like San Francisco where there's just so much history and the energy is like so concentrated, it just feels more somehow. And I do like obviously the the biggest takeaway from this trip was I just feel closer to you guys and more connected. And like, we kind of, I don't know, like tended to our, our friendship in a positive way, Um, which was my primary purpose for coming. So success on that front, but a secondary thing, like I feel really recharged artistically, like in my writing and music and crafts and gardening and like, all of those hobbies or whatever you want to call them. Um, I feel very rejuvenated in that way. And I feel like that's, I don't know that. Yeah. That's, that's down to like the people you meet, the energy of the place, maybe just like getting out of your, your usual digs and, and yeah.
0: And you read an excerpt of mine. Thank you.
2: Yes. I didn't know if I was allowed to talk about that or not. But I do want to read the rest of your chapter. So I'm awaiting your. The rest of I'm the very part.
0: self-conscious and insecure about my own. things. But well,
2: if you send me you. the rest of your chapter, I'll send you some of my poetry. How about that?
0: Oh, collateral. It's like, oh, why do you do that? Andy does it a lot. I was trying to.
2: No, no pressure. But that was really cool. Yeah. Eduardo and I stayed up really late the last night I was there. Really late. We got like two hours sleep um and yeah he shared with me an excerpt from his book that he's writing and we just yeah stayed up talking about writing and life and art and all that good stuff which really got me inspired
1: well i don't have anything else to add i think the only thing is to figure out how we can make this happen on a regular basis mm-hmm. um and maybe they'll they'll be i think if if there's a trip to Oregon. I do feel Eduardo. It's got to be at least both you and I going. But mm-hmm. um, I don't
2: want your partners to come too because I loved. Every, I mean, not that everybody has to have a partner, of course. But you all have such cool partners, like all three of you.
1: Maybe we can work that out. Then w- that sounds more like a drive than a. But that would be fun, actually. That might be pretty fun.
2: You guys need to get like a hippie, like VW bus rented out. <laughs>
1: If you're we'll, going, we'll see. We'll see, Sunday. but for sure, Jessica, I hope, I I hope we can have you come down and you know, relatively soon. You know, not several years later. So,
0: yeah. Yes. Thank
1: you, thank you for doing this, and thank you for, uh you know, just coming down and seeing us. It was really important to me.
2: Yeah, yeah. i'm here. Thanks for hosting me, both of you, and Kenny. and krista mm-hmm.
1: And I thank you,
0: Jess, and I thank the What's Left viewers slash listeners for putting up with this episode, for making it very personal.
2: We'll talk um, about politics or World War Three now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> trying to bring a little personal life in here because Andy had a conversation with us about wanting a little bit more life. In here, ta 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 as if we already didn't do it. Where he sneaks up on episodes on me all the time, and I
1: concede. Yeah. So, so, and to our viewers, if you feel strongly that you don't want, you don't want this personal stuff, you want, you want to be on Eduardo's side, go ahead and put it in comments. Oh, good. Eduardo's yes. right. Keep this shit out of here. Ooh. But if you happen to feel like you'd like to know more about us, then say, Eduardo, what are you talking about? You should just listen to Andy. Do what he tells you. He knows, what he's, he knows how what's left should be run. Oh, my gosh.
2: <laughs> like, like Jessica, I like a balance. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Here's what I propose next time before we end and conclude. Next time we plan a trip, it could be here. It could be where Jessica's at. But whatever what's left, viewers and listeners, we do this. I'm willing to host if it's here. I can't speak for Jesse because I don't want you to feel that pressure. But if it's an SF, I'm willing to host workers and students for choice, what's left listeners and viewers, and the what's left co-hosts, no the what's Is left hosts fine. team at my place. Or you could
2: probably get a few more attendees where you guys live. <laughs> I'm not sure how many <laughs> listeners we have out here in my like twelve thousand person <laughs> hours and hours from an airport. But um That'd be cool.
0: That'd be really so cool. if anyone wants to do that, they can always message directly to the blog. I would love to see James in person. I would love to have Jake. I would love to see everyone we've talked to from, you know, AJ to even just the workers, the students for choice that I don't want to name because they don't give me. Per- I'm, I didn't ask permission, but the faces that are I've seen, if they are nearby And if they want to make it, I would love to have a little get-together and make an episode out of that if we saw each other, if they wanted to. Or not make an episode, we just see each other. Either way, it would be wonderful to see everyone in person. So we're a small channel, we're a small little group and community, and it's really sweet that we can do things like that. I don't know if we can do something like that if we were bigger, but I would really feel most comfortable with the people that I've known in my home, or not in the park, however, not because of covid but because it's just bigger space, you know? So anyhow, that's it from my proposal. New today.
2: stuff. I also got to mention, Um, just I feel like the divine timing of this trip. So you guys know astrology is like one of the languages, I guess, that I speak, or like one of the frameworks through which I see the world. And mm-hmm. so Pluto just moved into Aquarius last week, the day before my trip. Which begins more of like a collective generational energy, not so much like personal energy, but it's like the beginning of a twenty plus year cycle, um and Aquarius is you know, it's revolution and it's change and it's hippies and weirdos and um <laughs> Pluto is power and pain and transformation, like metamorphosis. So I feel like the next couple of decades, like, Yeah, it's, like, this new era, and I just think there's so much potential for us, like, as individuals and as a collective, and it just felt like, like, the freaking perfect timing that, like, (laughs) season just started, like, spring's on the way, sort of, still snowing here, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) and we're just, like, entering this new, yeah, new era, so I think, like, for me, I'm definitely gonna remember this trip, I mean, I would anyway, but as maybe like part of that turning point in terms of like how it's manifesting for me. And yeah, let's see where, where we go.
0: Yes. Yes. I appreciate that. Goodness.
2: And I have to go check on my whale. So we got to wrap it up here. My yeah. whale is free that I've <laughs> for so many years. And I, oh my gosh.
0: Lolita, right?
2: Yeah. Well, her, her real name's Tai. That's like the name that the Lumi indigenous people in the Pacific Northwest where she's where she was born, um, gave to her. And yeah, I spent so many hours um having people sign petitions and organizing for her and trying to trying to free this poor whale that's been in prison for half a century and um I can't believe yeah, I don't know the details yet, but I can't believe she's gonna be released. I thought it oh maybe wouldn't happen while I'm alive or while she's alive, I mean
1: Oh my well, thank you for sharing that with us. I love
0: orcas. And I love whales.
1: And, yeah. yeah, and just a question: Do you want to include that stuff that happened with the whale that came in? Because I would.
2: And <laughs> if you want, I almost I almost burst into tears. You guys, I held it together. Okay. <laughs> I, think, I knew, it, like, Nate never interrupts me when I'm filming, and he just like shoved the phone in my in my face. So I knew it was like something. And I was like, oh my god.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah.
2: You can leave it in if you want, or if it. If yeah, you- I think
1: I I think I'd like to. <laughs> Um, I do want to just mention, because I, I, f- I feel like I need to say this just because it, it became present as Eduardo, as you were not noting all the people who've been around, what's left. I just want to say that I, I still look f- look forward to when we can reconnect with Allison. Um, and that has been a loss. And so I don't want to just say forward, forward, forward. Sometimes relationships are broken, but that would be one I would hope that can be reconnected. Reconnected, but we'll see.
0: That's tough, auntie. But I feel
1: like that's Um, that's what I'm thinking, and I I want to say it. All right.
2: You never know. Nothing's impossible.
1: Just want to say that that would be an intention. I we don't I don't have control of those things, but that's an intention. All right. Let's let's see what we can do
0: okay all right all right let's do this <clears throat> well that is it for this week's episode what's left this is a political podcast channel challenging the mainstream left to post information about our topics and our guests on the episode notes where we found this episode or on our blog at what's left dot com you can find past episodes to this podcast slash channel there and connect with us i remind folks if you like anything you have heard here please subscribe rate review turn on your notifications to any of our platforms on podcast on on Spotify, iTunes Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Bitshoot, Odyssey, YouTube, Rambo, or Telegram. And you can find our blog and any of those links in the episode notes wherever you found this episode. If you would like to give us feedback about something you heard or suggest something for us to cover, contact us through our blog. You can always contact us about what I proposed on our blog and Andy will answer. Uh, and I appreciate everyone listening. I'm Eduardo Barca. with co hosts Jessica and Andy Lipson. And you can find our social media handles as at Don Eduardo Barca and at k on Instagram, and at janehomey89 on Twitter for Jessica's Twitter. Thank you all very much. See you all next time. Ciao.